happy Easter to each and everyone. Happy Easter. Easter to you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I want to um, just um, share with you briefly um, uh, a message the Lord just uh, um, deposited into my spirit for uh, for you this morning. And this is just a, a message of uh, encouragement, a message of um, hope. And um, this is, um, uh, the title of this message is um, Restoring Hope in the Midst of Hopelessness. Restoring Hope in the Midst of Hopelessness. In the book of Luke, chapter 22, verses uh, 31 to 34, gives us the narratives. Knock, knock, knock. Who is there? Satan. What do you want? Simon Peter. Knock, knock, knock. Who is there? Satan. What do you want? Tony. Knock, knock, knock. Who is there? Satan. What do you want? Umberto, knock, knock, knock. Who is there? Simon Peter, what do you want? Simon Peter, for God is saying, he said, I have prayed for you. You see, in the midst of your temptation and struggles, Jesus Christ is saying this morning, I have prayed for you. It tells me that same prayer that Jesus prayed for Peter even before he rejected and denied him. Before he prayed for him, he reassured Peter that Satan have asked to seep you as wheat. And then Jesus said this word. He said, I have prayed for you. Before your temptation, before your sin, before your shortcoming, before your mistakes, Jesus Christ has already prayed for you. And we see it, that Jesus Christ today is interceding for you and for me. When we look at 
the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 69 to 75. It tells us and gives us the narratives how Peter denied his master and friend. But when we look at when Jesus Christ prophesied these words in the lives or in the life of Peter, Peter believed that he will never, never deny Jesus. I don't know about you. Quite often I make promises to God. And when it comes to really fulfilling that promise, I often fail. And we all fail in one way or the other. But even before my failure, Jesus Christ had prayed for me. Before your failure, Jesus Christ had prayed for you. I remember some years ago, when I was thinking that I have all the ability, all the strength. Yes, I believe in God, but I thought I could do things according to my own ability. And Jesus Christ impressed upon my heart and said, Tony, this is the way, walk here in it. But I say, yes, I know the way, but I can still do things in my own strength. I remember when in 2008, when I messed up big time, and I found myself in a situation that I realized there was no way out. Just like Peter, Peter thought he had the strength, he had the ability. He meant it at that time. But when it came to, for him to fulfill what he promised God, he failed. When it came to the time for me to follow through on my promises, I failed. I've shared this with many of you in the past. And I found myself doing a journal. I ran away from my problem. And I thank God for God restored hope in me. And I can stand here before you today to testify that not only did God forgive me my mistake, but he also restored hope to, so that I can stand before you to encourage you that there is hope for the hopeless. You see, Peter messed up big time, and he denied his master three times. He was cursing and swearing that he never knew Christ. I want to stop here for a moment. You see, how many times have you and I sat in the council of the ungodly? Why they blaspheme, why they curse, and take the name of Jesus Christ in vain. 
and you and I, we sit down quietly and we refuse to express what we believe. We refuse to testify about Jesus Christ because we do not want to be the old man out in the crowd. You see, after Peter denied Jesus Christ, he was convicted and he went out weeping. You see, when you walk out in the midst, you walk out in the midst of the ungodly, are you remorseful or confessing your sin of your silent rejection of your master? You see, I could see Peter today. He isolated himself from the rest of the disciples because he failed his master. Even when the women who went out to try and see how they can prepare the body of Christ, I felt Peter must be ashamed to go with them. And I believe Peter must be sitting in the nothing boy's corner, not seeing his emotional pain and anguish because he betrayed his master and friend. Let's turn to the book of Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16 verses 1 to 8. He said, now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary, Magdal Magdal sorry, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint the body of Christ. Verse 2. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. You see, if we can stop there for a moment, you see Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome. These women, I don't think they knew that Pilate and his partners in crime the chief priests and the elders. I don't think these women knew that they have already gone to seal the tomb of Jesus Christ because they not only sealed the tomb because that tomb ought not to be broken because it's a, leg, it's a legal tender or a legal thing that has been done to seal the tomb of Jesus Christ. No one has got a right to unseal it. Had they knew that it has been sealed by the government of the day, I don't think they will make any attempt to go to the tomb that morning. And it brings, I, I just present to you this morning that it's always good sometimes not to know anything. You don't worry over what you don't know. 
But these women, because they don't know, they went out that morning to the tomb. Verse 3 tells us, it says, and, and they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? Who will roll the stone away? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone has been rolled away, for it was very heavy or large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But, they, but he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they have laid him. But go, tell his disciples. And there was a pause. He said, go, tell his disciples. There was a pause there. Then he said, I'm Peter. That he is going before you in, into Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb. For they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone. For they were afraid. They were afraid. You see, when these women went to the tomb, they felt hopeless. Remember the word, the message this morning is restoring hope in the midst of hopelessness. When they went to the tomb, they were hopeless. They were hopeless in losing their friend and Messiah. They were hopeless because tradition prevented them from giving a, their Lord and friend a befitting funeral. When you look at the situation we live in today, because of this pandemic, and I watch the television, and I see pain, I see bodies being brought out from the hospital, and I see people who could not bury their own dead. Even when, while they were sick in the hospital, I can see because this pandemic is so infectious and I can sense in my spirit that loved one could not even touch their sick relatives. I can see the pain and anguish living in a hopeless situation that they cannot give their loved one a befitting funeral. The pain and anguish people go through. But when tradition, in this case, was lifted, the Bible tells us that they went out. They went out with spices that they bought and prepared. What is the tradition that was lifted? Because on a Sabbath, you are, not you are not supposed to go out. On a Sabbath, you're not supposed to even do anything. 
So the Sabbath was the curfew that kept these women bound, just like we are bound. We are, we are on a lockdown today in our homes. Tradition kept these women bound. Tradition kept these women on a lockdown. They could not move to give their Lord and Master a befitting furor. They were bound. And so when tradition was lifted, it's almost like a coffee was lifted. And now they've got the boldness to go out, to go and anoint the body of Christ. And I believe, folks, this current lockdown will be lifted soon. But the question I need to ask you again is this. Are we going to go back to our old ways of using the church building as a place or as a monument or as a place where we come once in a while when we have problems? Or are you going to go to the church of Jesus Christ because you and I are the church of Jesus Christ? Are you going to come together whereby we will, just like these women, to offer praise, just make, you see, they brought spices in order to offer it to the body of Christ? Are you going to come into the church of Jesus Christ with the body of Christ and offer praises unto him so that it will be a sweet smelling savor before him? You see, as they walk down towards the tomb, they realize that they were faced with a dilemma. They were faced with a problem. And they asked themselves, they began to discuss among themselves. They said, who will roll away the stone for us? For this stone was very huge. You see, they were faced with a, a, a dilemma. The dilemma they were faced with is that they knew that there is a problem. And this problem is that stone that is preventing them from anointing the lost body. You see, what dilemma are you facing in this current environment? Many of us, maybe they have lost their job. Some of us, maybe we don't even know what to do with, uh, in paying our mortgage or paying our rent. What is the dilemma you are faced with in this current environment? You see, as you try to make sense of this pandemic that has hit the world like a bomb, many of us are praying like these women. Who will roll away this huge pandemic from us? These women have been praying, who will roll away the stone? But we have been praying, who will roll away this pandemic away from us? I want to stop there for a while. I want us to go to school and discuss briefly about these women and how they can teach us faith and courage. How they can teach us faith and courage. You see, the question that I often ask myself as I 
every, every time I read this scripture, the question I often ask myself is this, and I want to share with you this question, is that where are the macho men who said they will give their lives to Christ? Even to the extent one of them, Peter, drew his sword and wanted to start a revolution. You see, when Christ was arrested and crucified, their hope was gone and they were filled with fear. Each and every one of them began to flee for their lives. You see, men have no, they don't have monopoly on courage. You see, when the Lord needed them most, they all began to duck for cover. Wow, wow, wow. Men might be fleeing and ducking for cover. Men will disappoint you. The arms of flesh will disappoint you. But there will be one who will not disappoint you. I know his name is Jesus. But in the midst of those who will disappoint you, God will bring somebody out there who will be able to stand with you. You see, men have not got monopoly on courage, but there is hope for the men. You see, wow, there is hope for the men because at the foot of the cross, there was one solitary individual and his name is John. John chapter 19 verses 25 to 27 gives us the narratives. John stood with Christ, with these women, or these women. Thank God for the John of this world, who had got the courage, who are willing to stand with a friend, who are willing to stand despite the odd that is stacked against them. Thank God for the John of this world. When you are down there, when things, when you look all around, there's nobody to come and stand with you, to encourage you. But there will be one person God will bring to stand with you, to encourage you. And that's why I want to share with you, church, we are here for you. We want to stand with you in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your difficulties. We are here for you. We are not going to testify and, uh, and boast like um, uh, Apostle uh, Peter, who failed. But I want to encourage you this morning that by the grace of God, we want to stand with you. We want to be like John, the apostle, this solitary individual who is willing to stand and said, despite the odd, despite everyone docking for cover, we want to be that solitary individual who will stand with you. Thank God for the John of this world. You see, these women and John could have been arrested because they are aligned themselves with a criminal. They must have been guilty, guilty by association. But they stood their ground. They don't care. They stood their ground. And they said, these women said, who will roll away the stone? From us. Who will roll away the stone 
these women, they knew they had a problem, but they did not discuss about the problem. They were not interested in the problem, but they were interested in the solution. He said, who will roll away the stone for us? If you want to walk the walk of faith, you must be willing to change your language. These women knew they had a problem, but they did not emphasize on the problem, but they emphasized on the solution. Who will roll away the stone for us? Who will roll away the stone for us? We need to change our language. In this period we live in today, where it seems the pandemic, it seems to be the way of life, and everybody is looking all around. Everybody seems to be suspicious of one another. But we need to change our language. Let me talk to you how I want to encourage you to change your language. It should be the language of faith. It should be the language of looking towards the solution more than the problem. You look at today, you walk down the street. In the past, in the past, when someone sneezes, we often say, bless you. Is that what we often do? You say, bless you. But now, when you sneeze, people just, it's almost like you are a leper. It's almost like you are very repulsive. Before, when you sneeze, people say, bless you. We need to change our language. And these women concentrated on the solution. And when you are sick, you have a headache. Instead of, saying, instead of you confessing, say, my headache, my headache. That, headache. that headache does not belong to you. Because if you say my headache, that means it belongs to you. You possess it. It is a headache, but don't say your headache. And when you sneeze, instead of you to say, oh, my sinus is back again. No, it's not your sinus. It is a sinus. You're sneezing. You are releasing pressure. You're releasing the valve in your life. And so it is not a virus. Don't say my virus. Don't say my headache. You need to change your language. These women, they knew they had a problem, but they said, who will roll away the stone from me? Who will roll away this COVID-19 virus of a thing? Though we recognize how huge a problem it might be. That, and it's plaguing the world today. But our goal, like these women, is that we must pray and ask God, who will roll away the stone? Who will roll away this pandemic? Who will roll away this virus? Who will roll away this plague? Away from me. I must concentrate on the solution. Look at these women. When they arrived, as they arrived, because they concentrate on the solution, as they arrived on the tomb, the stone was already 
roll away. I believe the more we talk about the solution, more than the problem, God will give us an answer of peace. God will roll away your problem. And I just want to testify. I just want to just continue to prophesy upon you this morning. God is rolling away the stone. God is rolling away your problem. God is rolling away your pain. God is rolling away all the affliction the devil has put on you. Because remember the word he told Peter. He said, Peter, Satan has asked to sip you like wheat. I have prayed for you. Even before Peter sinned, even before the problem come to you, God is interceding for you. He has interceded for you in the past. He will continue to intercede for you during the process when you are going through that pain. He said, I have prayed for you. Who will roll away the stone from us? They arrived. The angel was waiting to give them hope. These women, when they went, before they left, they were hopeless. But when they arrived, God restored their hope. But the angel said, not only did the angel restore their hope, but there is one individual whose hope has been messed up. He is living in a hopeless situation because he has betrayed his master. Like I told you previously, he is there in the corner nursing his wound. He is there in the corner, or we call it the naughty corner, because he is regretting that he betrayed his master. And then the angel said, he said, you ladies, before you run off and give the disciples the good news, he said, but make sure you tell Peter. He specifically mentioned Peter's name. He knew that Peter is there in the corner regretting. But he wanted to reassure Peter to tell him about the lost compassion to tell him about the Lord's forgiveness, to tell him about that God has restored him. You see, Peter, when he betrayed Christ, he almost gave away his title deed, his authority that Jesus Christ has bestowed upon him when he said, you are Peter, and upon this rock, and I will build my church. He gave it out. Then Jesus Christ restored that authority back, his title deed. You see, the women, they ran. They ran to convey the good news. They said to Peter, they said, Peter, the angel specifically mentioned your name. He said to tell you. And I could see Peter today. When he stood up, he was running to the tomb. I'm bumbling these words to himself and saying, I thank God for restoring hope in the midst of my hopelessness. I thank God for restoring my hope. I was a messed up man. I was a no good individual. I failed my master. I failed my Messiah. But now I have my hope have welled up within me. God has restored my hope so that 
and will be a reassurance to others who have messed up. That if God can restore my hope, if God can forgive me my sin, if God can brought me back into his fold, he can bring you back. He can restore your hope. He can turn things around for you because he is the God who will not withhold anything good from his children who have confessed to him. He said, Jesus Christ will give you hope so that you we have a better tomorrow. Amen? It was during this time, I believe, when Peter stood up, began to run to the tomb. And I believe it was during this time, Peter remember the word of Jesus Christ in the book of Luke 22, verse 32. It was during this time, he remembered that word when Jesus Christ told him, he said, when you are converted, when you have, when you are converted, you must encourage your brethren. Then I believe Peter must have stood up. He said, hey guys, you disciples, all of you, get out of your hiding place. Wherever you have been hiding, get up. God has restored my hope. Let us go to Galilee for Jesus Christ is waiting for us there. He wants to catch up with us. He is waiting for us. Come on, hurry up. Let's move. Church, I know that uh, many of us have been ruffled a bit because of this pandemic. We've been confined to our homes and uh, we've not been doing those things we have been uh, doing, we plan to do. Church, I want, look, I'm looking forward to when all this will be lifted. I'm looking forward when I will catch up with you in Rose Street, when we will all come back together again and worship the King of Glory, the one whom we are celebrating today, the Lord of Glory, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one who has given us the evidence of the empty tomb, the one who has given us that that cross is no longer full, but that cross is empty today. That is the Messiah. And that is the one who we want to continue to serve in the name of Jesus. And I want to wish you a very happy Easter. Amen? In saying that, you see, many of us might be ruffled because of what has been going on. Know for sure that the God you serve, the one who gives hope to the hopeless, will give you that hope to restore your confidence again. I remember, finally, as I was preparing this message, praying and just seeking God, I remember when I sat down to prepare for 2020. I never knew that this is going to happen. But as I was praying, I began to make plans. And after I wrote down all my plans, 
that I'm going to fulfill my goals during the course of 2020. And I found myself presenting our plans before God. And I prayed this prayer. I say, Jesus, I have committed this plan before you. By faith, I have written it with pencil. And I have given you right now, Lord, the eraser. Do what you will, Lord. And as I was preparing this message, and I found the Holy Spirit took me to when I prayed that prayer. And he said, son, I can see that you have given me that eraser and I have truly used the eraser. And all your plans, because when you wrote your plans, it wasn't set on concrete, but you wrote your plans, you gave me the eraser, and now I have effectively used my eraser, and what you are doing today is truly my plans and the purpose of God for your life. And that is the plan. Whether you wrote it, whether you don't write it, whether you think about it, God is saying, my purpose will still be fulfilled in your life. And I thank God for it. He gives hope to the hopeless. Latch onto the hope of Jesus Christ. He is the hope of your salvation in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen.